Hello, beautiful souls. Before we begin, I just want to share a few freebies with you. First, if you subscribe on my website, your name and contact info will be put in a jar that I pray on every morning. The angels also have me pick a few people from that jar every week to text personalized angel messages to. That could be you. All you have to do is subscribe on my website. Also, you could win a free session with me if you write a positive review of this podcast on iTunes. After you post a glowing positive review on iTunes, just email me with your name, contact info, and review, and you'll be entered into a monthly drawing to win a free session. For details on all of this, visit my website, www.jancis.com. That's spelled J-A-N-C-I-U-S.com. You're listening to Angels and Awakening, where we believe daily life can be lived from a constant state of love, joy, peace, bliss, ease, and grace. Why are people always searching for a better way to live? Because there is one. Life doesn't have to be stress-filled and anxiety-ridden. You can make lasting changes that lead to a life you love. My name's Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with angels and bringing through their healing, positive messages to my clients every day. Join us on the Angels and Awakening podcast each week as we explore big spiritual questions, interview experts, and bring through angel messages. I'm so excited you're here. So today we're here with Thomas Miller. He's the host of the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast, a podcast he's been hosting for over six years. His podcast covers the powers of manifestation, the laws of the universe, and how the conscious and subconscious minds work together. His listeners say that he provides an accessible roadmap to learning how to change your life for the better, how to turn your life into what you want it to be. Thomas has talked to all the great authors, researchers, scientists, everyone who is at the forefront of brain research. And what I love about your story, Thomas, is that you say you started to make this shift in your life, that you really came into these big changes, these big leaps in your later 40s. Can you tell us more about who you are and what you do? Uh, Hi, Julie. Thank you. What a great introduction and loving your new podcast. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you for being our guest. We just appreciate it so much. Well, my story goes back quite a while, (laughs) quite a few years ago. I had uh, major changes, though, in my late 40s. So, yeah, I was a late bloomer of becoming conscious, if you will. Hey, it doesn't matter when it happens, just that it happens, right? Boy, is that not the truth. But, you know, now my heart, where my heart is, is for folks your age to get this because then you have all these decades in front of you to really compound this incredible growth that you can have in your life. And the impact that you can have on the world is phenomenal. So, yeah, I played my part, did my role, and I'm living out my journey but um, but but yes, I have such a heart for young people. So I'm really thrilled to, again, to be participating here with you. But my story goes back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was born. And Tulsa is a fundamental town. I mean, it, it's a great, oh man, you talk about a great place to grow up. Wonderful community, but it just had a fundamental underpinning in it, it culturally. So my parents were wonderful, very loving. We were a Christian family. And that has a belief system and kind of especially in that it was it was accentuated because of where we were and the the teachings that were common in around our community. So life was very rigid. I mean, this is the way you were. And this is what you believed. And if you stepped out of that, then there was disfavor with mom and dad and there was disfavor with the community. So you can kind of see how, um, even though everybody responds differently, it was not the kind of place that you would step out of line, <laughs> if you right. know what I mean, right? Yeah. Because if you did, I mean, it was, you know, there was judgment quickly would would prevail. So... My brother and I, because of respect for our parents, our wonderful mom and dad, who are both in spirit now, we'd never, either of us, rebelled. 
we didn't become the rebellious teenagers and climb out the windows at night and, you know, and go do all the stuff that a lot of kids do. We were obedient. So I went to college having never done a lot of the things that typical teenagers might've done. And that belief system created a box, I guess, that I lived in. I thought that was the right thing to do. I mean, that's how I was taught. I was brought up in Christian schools and all of this. And I just thought that that was the way that we were supposed to be. And I never knew that there was this whole big elsewise way of seeing things or doing things. And what broke all that down was after four decades, I had been through two divorces. And see, in that model, you didn't get divorced once, much less twice. So I had to sit down and figure out what happened. And that was my reaction to my second divorce was spent a year kind of just shaking my fist toward heaven. That was a bad year. That was kind of an off year. But then I sat down and I said, I've really got to figure out what happened because I don't want to do this again. So the first thing I did is I erased that entire belief system. I was like, that didn't serve me. So I got to start there because at least I'm coming from that perspective. So I need to change my perspective on everything about life. So just like you would erase a chalkboard, I erased my belief system. Because that belief system was really your programming since childhood, right? Totally, totally programmed. And that's why I called the podcast Subconscious Mind Mastery, because I discovered after about a year of picking my life apart completely, that a lot of the beliefs that I constructed as a child played themselves out without me having to lift a finger to do anything. So I could see things that I was afraid of, that I built in fears as a child. All of a sudden, I'd look when I was in my mid-30s and boy, it had happened just as I had constructed it. So, so let's break down like an example, because okay. I think... You know, so often in the spiritual community, you know, we talk big and broad, but how, um, give me an example of this and maybe one of the, the thoughts or the subconscious um, constructs that you had and how you rewired it. I found this really cool thing just not long ago, and I did a recent podcast on it called Destiny Cards. Have you ever heard of Destiny Cards? No, I haven't heard of that. Oh, you ought to Google it. It This is really fun and cool. So I found these destiny cards and it's basically, um, it, it paints a beautiful picture of our, how we came in and what our journey is through a deck of regular playing cards. And there's a whole lot more to it than that. But my destiny card said that I would have challenges in two areas, relationships and finances or relating to money. Okay. So one of the constructs that I built, and this actually really got reinforced after my first divorce, the biggest reaction that I had to my first divorce was that I was going to lose the money that I had built up in my twenties and thirties. Isn't that a funny reaction? I think it's a typical reaction. I had two young kids and I was more concerned about the money. And that's hard to admit, but that's the way it was. And see, a lot of people would make themselves wrong about that. Like, what? You weren't more concerned for your children than you were your bank account? But then when you come back and you, you know, these things that are built into the structure of the universe to show us the path and show us the way, like this little destiny card thing that comes along and says, dude, you were wired to have these problems. Oh, so I was just going through, see, and this is where the consciousness, had I been aware of that, I could have chosen. We all have choice, right? At the end mm -hmm. of the day, we all have choice. Absolutely. Then I could have chosen to do that, to react to that differently. Problem was, I was blind. I didn't know. I simply didn't know. So I went with what was there and what was there created this fear around, I'm going to lose all this money. Well, then when I started to pick my life apart, I spent a year doing this with a journal, literally almost every night, 
reconstructing what had happened. So I would go back to particular events in my childhood, and I was able to go back and find areas where I interpreted lack of money. So that's what happened in my, in my family. We never, quote unquote, had enough, although we had plenty. It I never love was that. So you went back and you really found those moments from your childhood where mm. these constructs of your mind started so that you could then piece it back together in a different way, um, re- repattern those thoughts within your mind. So what was normal to me as a child? That's absolutely right. Just as you said, that was the process. What was normal to me as a child was inflation is going to rob all of our savings because prices are just going to keep going up and up and up. And that was true back in the 1970s. My mom lived in a world where she would go to the grocery store and a loaf of bread would be 50 cents more next week than it was this week. Yeah. But it stopped. You know, it changed. And the economy changed in the 1980s and it was different. And then prices were going down. So it's like, but everything was just this crisis and emergency and the fear and we weren't going to have enough. And if you died without accepting Jesus as your savior, you were going to go to hell and just fear everywhere in my background. Mm-hmm. So I applied that fear to money. And sure enough, that fear fulfilled itself. So I found myself after the second divorce having to start to rebuild everything financially and emotionally and spiritually and all of it. Yeah. I love those times, though, when um, they say spirit breaks us to make us. I had a similar thing happen in my life where it was like everything just came crashing down all at one time. And it took away the self-identity that I had put into my career, that I had put into my relationship. And it it made me take a step back and realize I'm not worthy because I have this title. I'm not worthy because I'm finally making the money that I wanted to be making at work. I'm not worthy because of this or that. I'm worthy just because I am. Mm. That's a hard one to get sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when we think we've messed it all up, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, and I've, I've used a couple of other tools um, that, just have helped me with perspective. These destiny cards just happened to come across my path recently, and I'm finding it to be very exciting and fun. But it's, and astrology is another thing that I've used to just paint the picture of what these realities are. You know, I'm wired differently than you are. Go figure that, Julie. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) So my journey and the challenges that I'm going to face in my life and the struggles that I have to go through are going to be different than what you are having to go through. And you might find ease and flow with money. And I was looking up one of those cards, in fact, for a very close friend of mine. And that's exactly what his card was. And that's what's happened in his life. You know, it's like, so that I'm, that I came here to struggle in that area. Now that I know that and like, use a pun here, put the cards all out on the table and let that be okay. Now, what am I doing? I mean, even this was just a kind of a fresh reminder that now what I'm doing is I'm studying everything I can about, about finances and money. And I'm just kind of going back to the basics and rebuilding that because I had done well in my twenties and thirties. And then I let all this fear come in and kind of tear the whole thing down. So I'm just rebuilding that area and having fun doing it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, So Thomas, you've been studying subconscious mind mastery for longer than it's been popular, right? Um, You've talked to the authors, the, the people who are at the forefront of studying consciousness and positive thinking. What do you know for sure from all your research on how our brains work, how the whole system here on earth works to get us where we want to go to really bring the desires of our hearts to fruition? That's a great question. Wow. So a couple of things. One of my favorite sayings is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm 
And that happens so much through that process. And a teacher appeared for me in 2013. His name is Fred Dodson. He's written 25 books. And he and I connected through me soliciting him to record his books for audiobooks. He had not done any audiobooks at the time. So Fred and I have done now 24 of his 25 books. He has been a mentor to me in my growth in this new way of being that I can't even begin to describe. And not only just from a mentor as in reading his material or taking courses or going to seminars or whatever, I'm sitting in front of this microphone for hours reading his material as him. So I'm figuring out how I can inflect his voice. How would Fred say this? So for the last about five or six years, I've literally, in a sense, become like a second image of Fred Dodson, right? Because I'm trying to really honestly communicate the way that he would. So I listen to his videos, the way he talks, the way he inflects, and try in my own skin to inflect that. And I think that's had a tremendous rub off. So Fred has been really, I, I have to attribute where I really got most of this information is from his work. So if somebody wanted to look into that, they are certainly welcome to. His name is Fred Dodson. Um, and with that, I would prove again, because you're not going to pull one off on me again, right? I'm not going to just believe something because you say so. So I put it all to the test. And what I found is that his material and all of this material really on that we are co-creators, um, I have found it true over and over and over again to the point where I'm still like, wow, this thing really just manifest. I'm getting ready to get on an airplane this afternoon to go up to Colorado to work on consummating a business deal that I created over the last three years. And it's happening. And I am going to make money off of this transaction exactly as I created it over three years ago. So it does work. I mean, it's exciting and it's still happening right now. I love that. That's so perfect. Um, so in your research, what do you find to be the most fascinating part? Um, what do you find to be the most fascinating part of mind mastery? Or maybe um, from this author that you shared, what is the most fascinating part of his message that he shares? Ooh, boy, you're asking some great questions. <laughs> I love it. Journalist background. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, me too. Then, well, I, all right. Then I'll, I'll get touche here. We'll get going on. That. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. That's a great question. The most exciting thing to me has been the discovery that this is a soul-based journey. We get so caught up in the trappings around us. We live in a physical world. You live in Chicago. I live in Dallas. I go back and forth to Colorado. We have families. I heard a dog in the background. You know, we have kids. Yep. We do our thing, right? And that becomes the structure of our reality. So everything we connect to are the physical things around us. When you zoom up 10,000 feet, like a drone, you know, now we have the drones. I don't know if you've ever flown one, but they are so cool because you can just hover up above the trees. And then all of a sudden you can rotate that camera all around the view and look at it completely different than we do down in the trees. And... When you view our life from a soul perspective, and I know that's a lot of your work and you mm -hmm. are gifted in that area to connect with that beyond the physical. That's a wonderful gift to have. And I, you know, I think we all can to a degree, but I know there are people that are more gifted with that. My girlfriend, Majana, is like you, you know, she will hear messages from the other side. I don't have that. I, you know, and maybe it's developable, but I don't have it today. More intuitive, maybe, but not in the way that you guys do. But Fred did a book. Fred wrote a book called Lives of the Soul, and it actually picks up at death, and it goes through until our next incarnation. 
what happens in between. Michael Newton also does a lot of this type of um, this work. That we are a soul, an eternal soul on a journey, that we are growing, that this isn't our first rodeo, and that we come in with, in essence, a blueprint. Mm-hmm. It's like a roadmap. We have choice within the road, but we are on a road. And boy, did that answer so many questions that, that I couldn't figure out in the old paradigm. Mm-hmm. So the most exciting thing for me was discovering from a higher level that this is a much bigger journey than it is manifesting a new car or a new house or, gee, I'd really like to move to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> How do I pull yeah. that one off? Yeah. You know, it's, does that right. make sense? Totally. 100%. Um, Well, and that's what we're really coming into, right? Is I don't want to say stepping away from religion, but it's um, because I grew up going to Catholic school Mm -hmm. and I could remember as a little girl, the first thing that I wanted to be was a nun. Yeah, but so. there wasn't a, I, you couldn't have a family and be a nun. And I knew at a very young age that I wanted a family. So um, we have these constructs within our minds so young and um, coming and stepping out of those and realizing, like you just said, so beautifully, um, so eloquently is that we are souls. We are souls first and foremost, and um, we can choose with our free will to live more from our soul's energy, to live more from our intuition, which is, I believe, our soul's thought system on the other side here and now. So this is such fun work to be able to share the broad community. Well, and I know you'll be addressing this as your podcast episodes unfold, but that you can connect with those souls and hear a message other than uh, how we came up. Hey, I'm trapped in purgatory. Get me out of here. (laughs) Or or, whoops, I didn't say the right word in the prayer and I'm in hell because of it. You know, it's like we laugh at that. But, you know, I mean, it's serious business that I like. I believed that for 40 years. What if I didn't get it right? You know? This fear of hell. And one of the, boy, one of the transformative conversations I had is with a really good friend of mine, Daniel V, lives here in the Dallas area. And we were on a patio not far from here having drinks one night. And he said, you know, what if there were no sin? Think about Mm. that. Think about if sin just didn't exist. Because as he was saying at the end of the day, who really is the judge? Well, the Bible is the judge. Well, wait a minute. There are 80 denominations because we can't agree on how the, to interpret the Bible. Right. So let's back up. Who, again, is the judge whether you just sinned or not? Right. So what if you just took sin off the table and just said, we're all on a journey? Mm-hmm. Now, if I if I kill another human being, I'm going to certainly pay for that. That's a crime in our criminal justice system. And this gets weird. I'm telling you, this gets weird. Don't judge me on this. But when you zoom up to that 10,000 foot perspective, then the mindset of today that everything is supposed to be nice and cushy and soft and easy and smooth goes away. And I like the book by Neil Donald Walsh, Little Soul and the Sun. Are you familiar with that little book? No, it's a kid's I'll have to book. check it out. Yeah, it's a kid's book. Beautifully illustrated. And the story is the two little souls on the other side who are getting ready to incarnate. And one of the little souls says that their mission is to work on forgiveness. Mm. But the little soul is concerned because it doesn't know how it's going to be able to forgive unless somebody is mean to the soul that the soul has to forgive them. So its little partner soul says, well, I'll incarnate with you and I'll be mean to you. I'll do something to hurt you so that you can forgive me. How about that? And the first little 
yeah, the first little soul says, why would you do that for me? Would you really go down there and hurt me so that I could forgive you? And the second soul says, I would do it because I love you that much. I got to tell you. um, So I don't know if you know much about my story, but the way that I came into this gift was exactly that. Really? Uh, My dad, I, I, I love him to death. And I go through in my first podcast and I talk about all the wonderful, wonderful, beautiful parts of him. You know, his really, his one flaw was women. And I caught him cheating on my mom for the first time when I was pretty young in elementary school. Mm. And I didn't know how or what to do with that information or how to handle that information. And then I caught him again in middle school Mm. and in middle school again, you know, you're in a catch 22. You love your mom. You love your dad. What do you do? Um, And I ended up feeling in my heart that I was just going to punish him by pushing him away, by not talking to him, by distancing myself. So I did that all throughout my teenage years, my 20s. And we always tried to come back together, but he'd have one girlfriend and I'd hear about how he had other girlfriends on the side. And I was like, I I can't, I can't be a part of this. You know, like at some point you got to get it together. Um, And when he passed, I started hearing from him a month before his, his family reached out to let me know he was gone. Oh wow. And um yeah. And I ended up having a visitation dream from him um maybe 6 7 months later where he was on the other side and um they actually showed me my house on the other side. They um we were at this big party it was like a welcome home Julie's back and I could see my dad out of the corner of my eye walking around as I was talking to other friends and family that I didn't know I knew but I knew I knew him in the dream. And my dad finally came up to me after what felt like a couple hours and he said, well, we should talk, shouldn't we? Mm. And we went outside and there was a big lake outside and the scenery changed to a, a place we used to go out on a lake as a kid when I was a, when I was a child. And he let me for the first time without giving his side of the story, just vent to him about him for hours on end. And he just poured tears out of his eyes like I had never seen before. And he said, Julie, if I could go back and take that all back, I would, but I can't. And even more than that dream, when I woke up, I was bawling hysterically when I woke up and that never happens. Um, And I knew in my heart that he had been here not as a bad guy, not as this flawed soul, but he had been here to stir up some stuff (laughs) so that we all could learn our lessons because he's got four kids. We all got different stuff from him. We all learned different stuff from him. Uh, He's got other stepchildren who learned from him as well. And that is so right on. Here's the part that I I can't connect the dots on, okay? Sure. As a person who has a community of people listening to them, where is the boundary so that people don't say, well, there's no bad on the other side. I'm just going to go murder these five people or, you know, whatever it might be. You know, um, I don't, I don't have that down yet. Karma is a bitch. (laughs) you will pay. So, you know, when you study this, like you're talking about, and this so fits Fred's lives of the soul and Michael Newton's work of what, 7,000, I think hypnosis sessions that he did to get this same message when you see recurring patterns. So it's like, so many people who connect with the other side talk about this being the way that that things are. Again, let's zoom up to the 10,000-foot perspective of this is a soul growth process. So if you say, well, yeah, there are no rules or judgments or 
anything on the other side. Well, first of all, there's going to be hell to pay on this side. I don't know about you, but I would not do well living in a 10 by 10 box for the rest of my life. That just doesn't sound appealing to me at all. Not for 10 minutes, much less for decades. So, you know, there's, there's that built in, is, is this what I would really want to go do? But if, even if that didn't move you and you still had that, um, that vile impulse, oh, I got to show you something too. Let me show this, this works really well. I'm going to, I'm going to clue for the folks watching on video. I'll, we'll show you something here. This is something I've been working on. Nobody knows this. So I'm like, I, ooh, you are like the first. I, ooh, haven't even, top secret. I haven't even done this for my own podcast audience, but we're going to Whoa. do it here. <laughs> <laughs> so because it, I mean, you asked, your journalistic skills are quite sharp. So if we think about this from a soul growth perspective and we connect with what all is available when we do grow our soul, it becomes such an incredible motivator to me to want to reach those higher levels of consciousness because there is so much magic up there. There is so much wonder that we can't even imagine at those higher levels of consciousness that we don't get when we let our humanity get the best of us. Yeah. You know, so what I was saying earlier and what you brought up, like your dad's role in a sense, was to stir stuff up for people so that they could grow. Yep. And we don't get that in our, in our society today. In our, I was going to say liberal or progressed, you know, our forward-thinking society doesn't like those challenges. Doesn't make them, our society doesn't, it's not okay to be one who would stir up for others so that they could forgive. That doesn't resonate today, mm -hmm. right? We're not at that right. level of consciousness that you can. No, we like to make stories. We like to say, oh, well, he must be really stupid because he lost his job or she must be this because this happened. You know, we want to apply a story to everything. He's a bad guy because he cheated. Yeah, it's exactly. a story. It's all a story. Yeah. I went through in my transitional uh, period. I went through a program that a friend of mine said, hey, go just go to this. It'll change your whole perspective on things. It was called the Landmark Forum. And I did that weekend. I've done it once. And it did. And one of the things that you take away from that program is how much we are enveloped in our stories. We make a story up out of everything. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. So here's something that we're working on. This was a work in progress from one of the books that I did with Fred, and this is totally with his blessing, and uh, we were corresponding on it yesterday, and he's like, you've got to take this and run with it because this is, this is good stuff. So well, the book was called uh, Levels of Energy, okay? So Levels of Energy by Fred Dodson, and then the kind of the companion book that came before that about a decade prior was called Power Versus Force by Dr. David R. Hawkins. And Dr. Hawkins used this as the basis of one of the largest clinical psychology practices in the country out of Long Island. He passed away in 2012, but left us with this incredible work that basically takes consciousness and puts it on a scale. So both authors used the same scale. Fred's treatment of the material is completely different. Dr. Hawkins is more scientific. Fred is more practical, applicable. But basically, if you take all of our human emotions, all of our human existence, and put it on a scale from zero to a thousand, let's say, the numbers don't mean anything. It just is the relativity. If you go out and kill somebody, that's probably a 20. It's down around the area of psychosis. Depression, 50. Fear, 100. Anger, 160. Narcissism, pride, arrogance, 190. Those are all low levels of consciousness. So we've come up with this little system that's representing, represented by these rings. So I've got four colors of rings. Hmm. So if you take that, all those low levels of consciousness, and we'll just, this is kind of a maroon color, brown color. I don't know if you can see that. But that, yeah. so let's say that all of those are here, right? 
And then like daily life, you know, we, we get the kids ready. We take them to school. We go to work. We come back. We help them with their homework. We put them to bed. We watch an hour of TV. We go to, we go to sleep. That's, that's just like, we're just getting by, right? Life works, not bad, not yeah. setting any records, not, you know, creating anything, not changing the paradigm of the culture, but you know, not bad. We're getting by. For those who can't see physically in the video, he's got two rings, a maroon ring. And then he just added with that last statement, a red ring on top of it. All right. So then we're going to put on top of that, a golden colored ring. All right. So that's now we start to step outside of ourself and we start to put others first. Selfless service, if you will. We're moving up the scale. The scale is just represented by these three rings stacked on top of each other that are different colors. But we're moving up. We're getting higher. So we're growing. And when you start to really step out of yourself, when you put others first, when you are full of joy, when you're just happy, when you're fun to be around, when you give to others. We, uh, Majan and I were at a hotel up in Arkansas the other day and walking out, there was this guy who was sweeping the floor in front of the door in one of those carpet pad things, you know, and he was just sweeping that and just getting, and he'd go back the other way and somebody walked down the hall. Oh, thank you for staying at our hotel. This was at a Marriott. It wasn't his hotel. I promise you he didn't own the darn thing. Right. But he was so <laughs> proud. Oh, thank you for being our guest. We can't wait to see you back again. Have a nice day. That was, that's this kind of, that's, that's the gold, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he's working yes. a $12 an hour job up in Arkansas, sweeping the floors and hauling the trash out. And he's just serving other people. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then when, so the final ring is, is turquoise colored. Those are the pure levels of, of, uh, unconditional love, pure joy, peace, creativity. Think of Malala today is really representing this. That little girl that was shot in the head by the Taliban and lived. And her story mm -hmm. is magnificent. Mother Teresa would have been in that. We think of Gandhi. You know, so just those, those areas where we really transcend our humanity because mm -hmm. we're in such a different higher level, different mm -hmm. zone. So when you put all those together and you look at those colors, that's the scale of consciousness. So when you're making that decision, now remember, we all have choice. I mean, this is the thing is at the end of the day, nobody's making us do anything. Mm -hmm. Then the visual, when you see those, you know, like say for the camera, but if you're just listening on audio, so you've got a maroon ring at the bottom, a red ring, a gold ring, and a turquoise colored ring. If you live out of that maroon colored ring, you're going to get bad results. Mm -hmm. You're going to get bad results today and you're going to get bad results on the other side. You're going to have to come back and do it again. Do you want to do a do-over? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to take two or three or five because you are stuck in that stubbornness? Or if you zoom up and you go, wow, you know, and even if we, Again, here for the folks that are not um, on camera, let's just take the golden ring and the turquoise ring. If you could live in that level of being, loving, giving, serving, helping, not only are you, you know, the paradox, the cool paradox is that you feel better when you give out of yourself. When you mm -hmm. give it away, you get. And that's built into the system. So it's like when we make that shift and then through our free will choice, we say, I am going to choose to serve somebody. And we start to stack that up over decades of our life. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, what you get back from that. So if you live that through five or six decades, one of the th cool things about being older, there are very few, but one of the cool ones is, is you get the perspective. Yeah. You don't have as a younger person, you don't see what happened over those four or 
four or five decades. But when you've lived through those four or five decades and you see compounding at work, you realize you can compound interest and grow your bank account, Mm -hmm. but you can also compound your karma, if you will, or you can compound your, your energetic part of you and live that out over five or six decades. And you have such a wealth of treasure at the end of that line that it's absolutely beautiful. And then you go on to much higher levels. There's so much more, Julie. There's so much more than we see. In I this know world. we could talk about this for so long. I could talk about you or I talk with you for hours. <laughs> oh, there's so much that we don't see in our little boxes in our confined world that is below the tree level. And and just when we get up there to these other realms, there's so much. And and that's my motivation. That's why I choose to do what what I do. Where's the boundary, you ask? I don't think there is one. I mean if you break a law, you're going to pay for it. In our culture, there are some cultures where you can go do that and get away with it. Walk out right. scot-free. Right. But, um, and you know, so it's like karmically, you're not going to right. walk out scot-free. Energetically, right. you're not going to walk out scot-free anywhere. Yeah. And that's what I tell my clients too, because when I'm working in all of my sessions, you know, um, so many people and even mediums or psychics that I've heard on TV, they'll say, well, on the other side, there is no emotion. You don't hear or see people come through with emotion. And to me, that's not true. Um, one of the things that happens a lot is if somebody passed through suicide, they will come through and I will be bawling hysterically in a session because that's the energy that they have on the other side. They're bawling hysterically. They're bringing that emotion through. And what they show me is that you know, people who pass that way, there there is no bad place on the other side. There's nothing like that. But we do have to go through a life review on the other side. And that isn't sitting in a movie theater, watching our lives on this big screen. What it is, is actually being in a simulation where we go through, where we intentionally hurt somebody else. And stepping into the body, stepping into the mind, the heart of the other person and feeling our actions and how it hurt that other person, which is actually where I think Catholics get the idea of purgatory because Mm -hmm. it is kind of this middle ground between us and heaven, but it doesn't take um, that long for most people to kind of go through. Um, But we do get a much greater understanding. It does help us clear our energy before we go through on the other side. Have you communicated with people who have either been in the midst of that process or just completed it? Um, like and came come back? Well, uh, that, that you were communicating with, like they had just been through that review or they were in that review. I'd love to know what they say while they're in the process of that review. Of the review? Yeah. it's It's as if they take on and they become that other person because they mm. physically have to step fully into that person um, and forget themselves to be that person in order to feel um, the way that their own actions in this lifetime hurt that person. So see, if we're going to do that anyway, yeah, why, why not just do it today? Why not do it right. now? Right? right. And I'm yes. holding up the golden ring. <laughs> <laughs> why yes. not just choose to go ahead and do it today? I took yeah. um, Majana's John and I are partners, but uh, but not married. And I took her son to school today just to be golden ring. Just it's something I normally don't do, but and he's you know teenager whatnot. But I just said, hey, it's raining. Would you like a ride? You know, yeah. It's stuff like that. It's that's yeah. connecting with just to be there with somebody else to do something that's not serving you. Right. Oh, I love that because, you know, it's so often people will say, well, what if I don't feel this through meditation or what if I don't feel that Um, they think that they're not going to get to that place, that golden ring. Right. But that's not what it's about. It's just about starting where you're at and everybody has something that they can do from a selfless point of view. So start there, start with gratitude because everyone can do this. Every single soul that is here on earth right now can do this. 
this working on this, we're putting a seminar together on this. Um, just started writing a book on it. Fred's involved uh, consultively with this and yeah, but the book's going to have your title, isn't it? It is. Or your name. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. Is this the first one? Uh, second. The second. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was the the name of your first book? Fear Busters. Okay. Okay. Because there's more to come. That was coming through when I was praying this morning. They were saying, talk oh. about his book. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not done here, Thomas. Oh, you got good. a lot of stuff coming ahead. Yes. <laughs> you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and I are going to talk. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Little Chicago there. We're going to talk. Talk. We're Coffee talk. talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And uh, yeah. that I told you that I that we communicated about this yesterday. That yeah. was the communication was him handing the baton saying, no, you need to do this full out. This one's yours. Wow. Wow. That, well, they wow. are so proud of you. Yeah. And I got to tell you too, your mom and your dad are stepping forward. And um, who's the younger boy that's on the other side? Um, not, uh, uh, not from mom and dad, but there was a miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, and, and that soul has shown up several times, by the way. Okay. As male? No. Okay. First time um, I've heard male. Okay. Cause they're bringing him forward and, um, your mom, I, I don't know if there was a special bond between you and mom or you were kind of like, um, because she comes through with tears in her eyes, just saying how proud she is of you and just how, how much you've grown. And she just, uh, she's making me feel it in my heart. Mm. Um, mm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And dad too. Um, but, uh, she comes through with kind of some tears in her eyes. So interesting because mom was the source of a lot of my challenge. She was my little soul that uh, came here to rub me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gave me lots of opportunities that I missed a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Missed them. She says she did a good job. (laughs) She did did a great job. She played her role well. Thanks, mom. You were perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Dad, my dad was an angel. I mean, if you were to see him, you'd see wings on his back. He was just an amazing, amazing soul. And my mom was the source of my challenges. And, you know, this is so funny. My brother and I are less than two years apart, and he perceived that environment. Now, he, he knew of the challenges. He was very mm-hmm. aware of the challenges, not to say that it didn't affect him too, but he responded to her differently. Mm. See, I responded out of my paradigm, what I brought yeah. in. He responded out of his paradigm. So yeah. here we were, not 10 feet apart growing up, and and yet had these two different perspectives and outcomes and how it affected our souls differently. And everybody has that story, right? Everybody has that story, but that's where we are so unique and so different. And yeah, that mom would say that I, um, I was in the room after she passed and now, or what, when she passed and knowing what I know now of studying this material and being very comfortable with her soul transitioning was able to talk to her, my brother and I, in fact, and, and his wife, we were the three together with her and were letting her know that it was okay and we would be okay. And we would take the mantle and run with it from here and that she could let go and didn't need to hang on. And I mean, it was just hours before she left after that, but, but they left the room and knowing that her soul was probably still there, knowing that I was in the room by myself And I sat down with her and had a conversation that I know she heard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was the conversation that I could never have with her here. And it was kind of a clearing. And it was a letting her soul know that it was okay. I get it. I get what happened here. Mm -hmm. Be free. Godspeed. I love you. Yeah. Forgiveness, which really freed your heart. Right. But you're released. Mm -hmm. We're good. We're good here. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. That's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, on Instagram the other day, one of um, uh, just somebody popped on and they asked a question and I think it would be a good question. I've got my own kind of idea on how I would respond, but I just want to see what you think about this. So 
she said, you know, we have our subconscious. We have people like medium, psychics, intuitive, angel readers. How do you know that it's you hearing from the other side, you hearing from angels, or maybe with your girlfriend? How does she say that she knows it's them and just not our subconscious, these experiences that we had that we're Mm. just recalling? Mm. Got it. Got it. That's a great question. And so many people also ask, how do I know that it's intuition and not just my monkey mind, right? Mm -hmm. You can bring it down to the earthly plane. Like even if we're not connecting with somebody on the other side, how do I know that this isn't just my chatterbox up there going nuts uh, that I really am hearing from divine source internally as intuition? I think it kind of comes from the same same type of answer to this for me. Now, I know for Majana, it would be that she would say very distinct feeling that she gets when these communications are coming. It's like, like no other. She's had it all of her life. So this is not anything new or unique for her. So she knows that voice. Yep. Um, so just on that, what is that? What, how is it for you? You know, I've had several different experiences throughout my life. I didn't just hear my dad, but in my <clears throat> early 20s, um, I had an experience that I've talked about with my listeners before where I heard um, I was actually out with this woman that I had just randomly met on a business trip in Seattle. I met her on the street and spent the entire day with her. And um, at the middle of like talking after seven hours, she just automatically went into speaking in tongue. Wow. And she, I remember thinking, what language is this? Because this is not a language that I've heard on earth before. This is not South Chicago I'm listening to here. No, (laughs) no. And then I remember this energy and it almost did feel like, like a fog that you could see. And I remember hearing, now this was at a very hard point in my life where um, my heart was just more heavy than it had ever been before. And I remember hearing, it's okay. You're going to be okay. I'm here with you. I love you. I'm taking care of you. Everything's going to be okay. And it just kept repeating. And I remember knowing that that was angelic, that there were angels there, that that was the Holy Spirit. And um, that energy is something that when then I started hearing from my dad later on, started working with different Reiki masters, different spiritual teachers, learning how to develop my spiritual gift more. um, You're right. It's the energy of it. I know when I'm connected to it. I know when I'm connected to the other side. And um, since I was the little girl, one of my earliest memories is my dad telling me, listen to your heart. Listen Mm. to your heart. Mm. Um, There's a little, Julie, there's a little whisper inside your heart and it's going to talk to you and you have to listen to that whisper no matter what your mind says. And so I remember doing that since I was a little girl. Wow. Always listening to that little whisper. And so I've trained myself since that time to understand what's my mind, what's my heart and that the thoughts, the messages that come through from the other side, they don't come through our egoic mind. They come through the heart gut intuition. That's cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I had a very interesting experience to kind of flex my intuitive muscles. I was in Colorado for the last three years and there was a hiking trail that went up the side of a mountain literally right across the street from where I was staying. And I went up there having done five or six or seven years of this work, but still didn't have that touch with that voice. And actually it started the first funny story on this is I went up there as a flatlander and started skiing and skiing kind of snuck up on me. And I just love snow skiing now. I think it's phenomenal. I just love it. But I, you know, I had, uh, I didn't have a system. I would typically go every now and then would go skiing and hadn't been on a ski trip for quite a while. And now I'm living in a ski town. So I was going up the chair one Sunday 
And this was really clear. So I think this kind of is the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. I was going to take a picture with my phone. So I had it in a pocket inside my jacket. So I reached to unzip the jacket, pulled it down about a foot. And I heard, as I reached my hand in, I heard this really clear, don't. And I was like, oh, come on. I'll hold on tight. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll grip it. I'll be careful. So I, I pulled my glove, I pulled my glove off by sticking it under my left arm. So here's my, and I reached in with my right hand, got my phone, took my picture, slid it back in the jacket, zipped it up. See, it's all good. And then I went to put my glove back on. <laughs> it was oh, gone. No. Oh no. So that was like, a, wow, I need to know more about this. I need to learn yeah. more of how this works. So on the hiking trail, I started to get in touch with that voice. And it was always usually met with arguing from the monkey mind, from the ego self. Yep. So what I would do is pick a point on the hiking trail of like that tree up there. Okay, let's just walk up to that tree where ego self mind would you be willing to just be quiet long enough we'll go up there and see what comes through i wouldn't take five steps <laughs> right here it would come back and i'd stop and i'd say wait a minute we had an agreement oh yeah oh yeah okay oh yeah yeah okay all right that tree just that tree okay and then that tree turned into, you know, around that corner up there. And then that turned into farther down the trail. And then that turned into literally I could step on that hiking trail and the ego mind would go quiet and couldn't wait to hear from that still small voice. Yeah. And would go on for a long time. And then sometimes it would want a question. You know, it's like, right. okay, throw me a question. Well, what, about, what about this or that? Should I write a book? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and then, and then, but then that voice would kick in and, and I think it comes with an assurance and a peace and a flow, you know, just a, you know, that that's what's, as you said, well, deep inside that little small voice. Problem is we always want to counter it with our monkey mind, who is the alpha dog on the block. It's the one that wants to be in control. Yep. So we, rah, 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 rah. and what I did, um, again, a visual here. How can we create the audio part of this? So like, if you, you know, like, uh, put your, put your hand up, like cup your hand up and like, um, like you're going to swat a fly that's below you on the desk. Okay. you got your hand, yeah. you're ready. The fly's going to swing by and boom, you're going to whack it. Right. So that's our ego mind. And down here now be the little fly on the desk. You know, now down here is that little still small voice. And it just whispers and it's really soft. And you know, another point on that, Julie, is we have to be in quiet environments, I think, to hear it more. Yes. And our Bingo. world today. That is so dead on. Our world today is so full of noises everywhere. There's a television on in every waiting room and restaurant and airport and everywhere you go. And we can't be quiet. So right. once you get quiet, you'll hear that voice more. But what happens then is the hand that you've got cocked up here and ready to go, whack, it hits the, it knocks it back down in, into its place because yeah. I'm the boss. So what I did is I just shifted roles now to where the little still small voice is the hand up above, not ready to squash anything, but where I brought that monkey mind into submission to where now, when that still small voice speaks, the role of the monkey mind is, well, okay, how do I do that? So when the little voice says, write a book about the four rings, then it's not argue, we're not arguing. There's no point counterpoint. We're not contradicting it. It's okay. Well, I better, which program am I going to write it in word or Scrivener or you know, it's, well, what's the first chapter going to be? How's the structure going to be the outline? And, you know, that's where the. Our, you start taking the baby steps that lead to the bigger steps that lead to the whole thing. You take, start taking the actions. And then along the way you stop and you listen. Well, maybe that's not the right 
direction for this chapter. Oh, what is? Oh, okay, got it. Off we go. Yep. Yep. It's a wonderful way to live. It is a wonderful way to live. And it's see, so beautiful. You know, you were asking too, again, I mean, you have to make the shift up to these higher planes of being. Back to our little rings. You have to get up to the gold and turquoise ring because when you live from that perspective, then you're just waiting for the next piece of instruction. Oh, Fred had a great um, analogy story in a couple of his books, and it's a really easy, simple story, but it's just like, think about our life as a river. Mm. There's a point where we get in and there's a point when we get out and we're in a boat and we're given an oar. There's our choice. And we float down the river. And as he says, so many times we want to paddle upstream. Yeah. Or we want to drag the boat over to the bank and get out because there's a better river over on the other side, right? If we could just get over there, that's the river. And I realized when I was narrating that story, I just had to stop because it was like, man, that's how I lived my whole life. Yeah. Was paddling upstream all the time or cross current or always fighting the flow. But when we just use the oar to gently bump us along the way and we just get out in the middle of the river and start flowing down the river, oh, there's a rock up there. Okay, let's just move to the left a little bit. I got it. There's a nice flat spot of the river. Let's go over there and have a nice picnic lunch and just take a break. Ah, I got some rapids coming up. Okay, we're going to have some fun here, right? Whoa, let's go (laughs) shoot the rapids. Woohoo! Life picks up. It slows down. Mm -hmm. We have challenges in the way. Maybe there's an alligator in the river. We have to go around him. You don't have to go right toward him, paddle over there and ask him how he's doing. (laughs) You don't have to go flirt with him, right? Just paddle around. So it's it's a beautiful analogy of how we just get into the flow. And when you get into the flow, life will take you where you're supposed to be. Just like the river will take you down to the to the place where you're going to get out. Life will get you there and it will all be good and well and fine. I uh, was just texting my mom because she keeps sending these texts and I keep hearing these dings in the background. She, uh, she'll go through and she'll send 10 at one time. <laughs> but I was what say, you were is saying- that your mom or my mom? <laughs> <laughs> be sure you're talking to the right mom. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, oh my goodness, Thomas, this was just the best. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And I always ask my guests, who do you think I should interview next on this podcast? Or who do you know who I should interview? Fred Dodson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my mentor. Absolutely. Fantastic. Oh, awesome. Um, And you know what, Thomas, for people who want to connect with you online, learn more about you, where can they find you on your website and social media? Well, thank you for that. So on Facebook, we have a little podcast uh, listeners group. It's called Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast Listeners on Facebook. And you can ask to join that group and we put up episode information and some behind the scenes, cool stuff and that kind of thing. So there's that. And then just hop over to the podcast at Subconscious Mind Mastery on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and all those good places where you can listen. And my email is thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for being a guest on our show today. We are very appreciative that you would do this for us. Julie, you are amazing and I love what you're doing. Thank you. My dear friends, you don't know what an incredible, huge, huge, huge blessing it is to this podcast when you write a glowing, positive review for us. It truly helps us get the best experts on the show. I know this might sound a little complex, but if you send me an email after you post a glowing, positive review here, I will put your name into a monthly drawing to win a free 30-minute angel message session with me. And it may just be broadcast on this show at a later date. Your name will be kept in the drawing every month until you win. When you email me, don't forget to include your name, contact information, and positive review. I hope you win. 
Tune in for a new episode next week where I'll share tools and guidance that can help you fall in love with your life and start living it from a place of peace, bliss, and ease. Thank you so much for listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. Until next time, know in your heart just how deeply you're loved on the other side and open up your heart to all of the random, unexpected blessings that your angels and your spirit team are trying to bring into your life right now. Disclaimer, this podcast provides general information and discussion about energy healing, spiritual topics, and related subjects. The conversations and other content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical, psychological, and or professional advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or other healthcare professional. Never make any medical or health-related decision based in whole or even in part on anything contained in the Angels and Awakening podcast or in any of our linked materials. You should not rely on any information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical, health-related, or other decisions. You should consult a licensed physician or appropriately credentialed healthcare worker in your community in all matters relating to your health. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Again, angel messages, energy healing, and the information you receive here does not constitute legal, psychological, medical, business, relationship, or financial advice. Do not take any of the advice given in any Angels and Awakening podcasts or sessions in lieu of medical, psychological, legal, financial, or general professional advice. Please note, Angels and Awakening is a podcast produced by Chicago Energy Healing, a company with locations in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois.